Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds. The first bet Sunday through Friday. grnz.co.nz Ah, yes, we are up to edition number 15 of Kiwi Chasing. Hard to believe it has gone that quickly. Damien Watson in the Melbourne studios in Australia as we discuss the latest greyhound racing news in New Zealand. We do this for New Zealand greyhounds. And, of course, they are great supporters of ours in regards to, uh, obviously, providing us with that news. And we've had a couple of big weeks over across the Tasman and joining me to dissect effectively what's been happening over the last seven days or so and looking ahead as well to the upcoming meetings. Mark Rosanowski and also Andy McCook join me. Rosso, how are things over there in the lovely, well, I don't know, you in the North or South Island at the moment? Ah, well, you've got one on each island here. Um, we better not ignore Stuart Island. G'day, Damien, how you doing? <laughs> Good, um, mate. All Blacks have just had another loss in Europe, but we'll survive. Um, <laughs> on, uh, I'm based in Wellington, uh, which is at the uh, the bottom of the North Island, and uh, the two nearest tracks to me, Palmerston North, which is two hours away, I'm calling there tomorrow, and um, Patrick Raceway in Whanganui, which is, at the moment, um, being looked at and temporarily closed, but hopefully back there in February, but we shall see. Uh, Andy, meanwhile, uh, Andy McCook, as I welcome you in, down there where I grew up, actually, in Canterbury, and of course, you grew up in the North Island, so we've, we've effectively switched over. Mate, how are you? Yeah, we have switched over. I'm good, Rosso. Glad to be part of the show. Uh, gee, hard to believe we've done 15 of these, isn't it? Uh, hard to believe, Rosso, that the, the people of Australia want to continue to listen to us ramble on for an hour 15 times. But, hey, here we are, and we're ready to rock into another show. Uh, good week in front of us, including two meetings today here in New Zealand. So plenty to mull over, and uh, a couple of trainers will get on shortly, and hopefully we could get a winner or two out of them as well. And to be honest, Andy, I think it's because of those trainers. We don't actually talk a hell of a lot on the show. We talk to trainers and they bring us information. And I think we can call ourselves the home of the $7 winner because last week we had Emma Potts on the show and we asked her for one to follow during the week and she suggested that if Thrilling Sprite got a start on Thursday at Cambridge, that would be her dog to follow. Well, it did get a start. She opened at $7. She blew out to 10 She came back into 8 and she won very comfortably. So thank you to Emma Potts. Might be putting a bit of pressure, uh, Damien, on uh, the guests that we've got on today, perhaps. Yes, indeed, and we have them on the line now. A big welcome to Ashley Bradshaw, trainer of a large team at the Southland meeting today. Welcome to you, Ashley. Hi, thank you for having me. No problem at all. Hey, uh, Ashley, uh, it's Rosso here. It's um, great to have you on the show, and you've got a, a, a sizable team in today there at, uh, at Invercargill. Now, I think for our Australian listeners, we just need to point out how far away uh, it is from your establishment down to Invercargill. So I know you sent your partner off, Peter Secu. Uh, how long does it take him to get down to Invercargill with a team of dogs? 
Normally he likes to leave before lunchtime the day before. Uh, that just gets him down there in time and it gets a bit of a sleep. But, um, yeah, unfortunately yesterday he had to leave just after three. So it's, I think it's about nine hours, depending on the number of stops and how long you're stopping for with all the dogs. Back in the day I used to do it a time or two myself. I know Andy McCook has several times. But, um, Ashley, to make it economically viable, what will you have to do? Win a couple of races today? Yeah, definitely winning a couple helps. Uh, we've got a large team in, which will help spread it out as well. So if we can get a few placings, that'll be all right too. Very good. Um, Andy McCook, you're the man who can take us through the team down there today. And the first race isn't all that far away. It's 11.45 New Zealand time, 9.45 Melbourne. And uh, Andy Ashley does have a good chance in that first race, it would appear. Yeah, certainly uh, hoping we don't put the uh, mockers on Ashley today, Rosso, because it uh, looks like uh, the team's got a few good chances on paper. Ashley, good morning to you. We start off in the first little nosy. Hasn't done a whole lot uh, wrong in a short career today, then comes up in what appears to be a winnable race. Yeah, look, her last start was over 520 at Addington, and she was running in the top three for most of the race until she got run down at the end. So back to the 390, she's going to be a good chance. Race number two, you've got another favourite going around. Uh, you've got two in this one. In fact, uh, Yoshi Moon, though, $2 favourite, being very good through uh, a short career to date as well and went down uh, and behind a, a handy one at his last start. Yeah, he's definitely improved in each race, and that last race was really good as well. He's got good potential. Um, and the other girl, Daydream Dala, she's very unlucky. She's got more potential than the form shows, and she could swoop from out wide in place, but she's just a very luckless dog. You've got three going around in race number three and uh, the bookie's suggesting that you're a big chance with all three of them. Exact estimate comes up with box six and uh, she was a, a nice winner at her last start. Yeah, look, her trial times early on were showing us she was going to be a sprinter, but when we put her in the maiden 450 heats down there and she ran on really strong. So she's actually done a lot more in her races than I was expecting. Um, yeah, she's going to be a good chance based on her last few races. Calculator risk goes around as well, and uh, he was a greyhound that was able to win down here at Invercargill on debut, so he certainly uh, does enjoy racing here on the one turn. Yeah, I think we could dismiss his last race at Eddington. If you ask the boys, they'll go and tell you that I haven't had enough box experience lately, and that was the reason he missed the jump. So, yeah, just dismiss his last race. He, he needs to get in front, and he'll be a good chance there. And in off the ballot is Upstart Crow. Now, he's a, a greyhound who's had 24 starts, and he's shown at, uh, at times that he's got some real ability. Fresh up today, where's he at? He's been trialling really good. We do like him in today's race. As you said, he hasn't had a lot of luck racing. He's had a lot of injuries and time off, but he's been trialling really good with this prep. Race number four, you've got Caesar Lies going around, was able to win uh, down here at Invercargill two starts ago and was very good. And uh, although this is a class one race and that was a maiden, it's not a huge step in class. No, it's not. And his last race at Eddington was over the 520, which really is as far as he can handle. He missed the jump, which doesn't help there. So being back in the 390 and getting to the front early will definitely benefit him. The bookies have you a uh, short price favourite in race number six as well. This one for the class ones, 390 metres and six-pack nugget. Another greyhound who was able to win down here uh, at Invercargill on debut, dropping back to the 390, and he looks at a big chance. Yeah, I think he is. He won't mind being out wide either. Um, most of his races have been from box four inwards, I think they all were. So, yeah, he's going he's gonna to enjoy out wide, and he does like the track.
Race number seven, you've got two going around this for the open grade sprinters. Thunder Hallows, he comes up with box number one, and uh, he's a greyhound who has been able to win down here at Invercargill in the past. Yeah, I just don't know how he's going to go. He'll be up in confidence on his last couple of races. There's a couple of handy ones in the race, so it's just how he comes out and how he handles the track today. I'm picking your other runner, probably the better of the two chances. Monty Madhammer, he comes in a touch fresh. He's two fifty into $2 here in New Zealand, but he comes up with box eight, where so far he's six from six. Yeah, we can't can't dismiss him from that box. He, just before the Galaxy, had a wee injury in the back legs. We had to pull him out from the heat, which was a real shame for us. Um, he's been running and working really well at home. Had a trial in the lead into this race, but we didn't manage to get a time on it, which was a bit of a shame, but he did pull up nicely. We move on to race number eight, Nova Rapide going around $4.20 with the book and uh, a nice last start winner at uh, Eddington and a handy enough 17.35. Yeah, look, she is a dog that needs the confidence, so her last race will have given her that confidence. She is going to push down to the rail, which might be her biggest downfall in that race. It's sort of all she focuses on. Um, but if she can get out well and get down, she'll be handy. Race nine, you've got Fireball Fudge going around. Class two for uh, her today. She's a greyhound with some ability, but she can just do a couple of things wrong in the run at times. Yeah, I don't think it's um, very well hidden that some of ours go quite wide, and she's definitely one on that track. Well, it pushes as wide as she can get. She does finish really strongly, so if she can get out wide early and get a clear run out wide and, and run home as strong as she can, she could be a good chance of a place. And uh, wrapping things up for your team, race number 10, you've got uh, Rip Slinger Roxy, who's been a grand old campaigner, and she drops back to the 390 metres today. What are you expecting from her? Yeah, look, she's out of form. She's just had a season, and she hasn't really worked back into the races yet. We know what she's like in terms of her racing style, but she hasn't got a bad sprint record, so we'll just have to see what she does today. That's when we put you on the spot, Ashley. A big team of uh, 12 or 13 in today. Who would you suggest for the, the punters tuning in is your best chance? Uh, we like Upstart Crow today, just on his trial times, and we know how much abilities he's, he's got. Rosso, that's Ashley's team for the day. 13 going around, and the best chance Upstart Crow in a fresh date, $4.20. So a nice price for him as well. Don't mind that at all, Andy, and uh, I've taken a few notes on those. Um, Ashley, there's another meeting down there at Invercargill on Wednesday, and uh, I know you've got runners in there. So do you keep your dogs down there, or, or does Pete have to make uh, a couple of big trips? <laughs> yeah, no, Pete's coming back, and they'll be home for a day before heading back down the next day. So thankfully we've got um, Pete and Josh heading down for that trip with a vehicle each because it's a large team. Wow. Um, <laughs> are most of the dogs going back again, or are there some uh, fresh dogs in your team that we should look out for midweek on Wednesday? Uh, yeah, we've got a bit of a mix. We've got some that are heading down a second time and some that are still here that will be heading down. I haven't really looked through the fields too much, to be honest. No, that's fair enough. And um, look, in terms of um, the fact that you're based in Canterbury and there's four meetings a week at the moment at Addington, plus you're also a regular trip uh, you know, traveller down to, to Ascot, just how busy is it? How difficult is it logistically at the moment for you guys? Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. We're, uh, there's something going on every day, whether it's the trips or now with the rehab program doing all the vet visits. So it's a lot of things to juggle around, but we're getting there.
And what sort of numbers are you running at the moment, Ashley? How big is your team? Obviously, you've got a big team in today and, and, and more going on, on, on Wednesday, plus, plus whatever you've got in at your uh, local track at Addington this week. Yeah, we sit at about the 35 race dogs and break-in marks, but when on the property, we're sitting at around 70 dogs. So we're going to talk more about uh, your... Uh, rehabilitation and what you're doing with that very shortly, uh, Ashley. Andy McCook, as we come back to you, uh, certainly for uh, Invercargill, two meetings in a week, uh, good for them. The, today's meeting obviously dominated by uh, John McInerney and Ashley Bradshaw, but the local dogs at least getting a crack and with the way things are up here at the moment, there's a few Wednesdays to be filled and good, I guess, that Ascot is uh, getting those. No, Andy there just at the moment, not sure where he's uh, headed, but uh, Damien, we'll um, keep Ashley Bradshaw on the line, and then on the other side, we'll talk about uh, a new role that she has as uh, Kettle Manager for uh, Canterbury's Rehab to Rehome program. And a fantastic program. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing. New Zealand Greyhounds are first for form. And a little later on in the program, Andy and Rosso will go through their tips for the upcoming meetings in New Zealand. And Robert Roper to join us as well in the latter part of the program. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds. The first bet Sunday through Friday is at grnz.co.nz. Live around Australia on SEN Track. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds. First for form. Yes, hope you're enjoying your Sunday morning wherever you may be listening. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing, the New Zealand Greyhound dissection show of the latest news, the first four form. And Rosso, we're speaking this morning with Ashley Bradshaw. Yes, indeed we are. Ashley's got a, uh, a large team in today down there at Ascot Park in Invercargill. And that first race is underway uh, in about 25 minutes. So we talk about first bet here on Kiwi Chasing. Well, certainly the first bet today for you over there uh, in Melbourne. And Ashley's got a good chance in race number one uh, today with uh, little nosy dog number three. Uh, Ashley, I want to talk to you about something else now, though, something that I think is um, uh, reasonably new in terms of what you're doing uh, there on your property. Um, and you are the, as I uh, read it, the, the Canterbury's Kennel Manager for the Rehabilitation to Rehome program. Can you tell us a little bit about that, please? Yeah, so it's a great new way thing that Greyhound Racing have created where any dogs that have a career-ending injury on the track, for instance, a broken hock, can then enter the program for rehoming where Greyhound Racing will take care of all the dogs, cover all their vet costs and the rehoming expenses and put them into homes. It's outstanding. And how long have you been in your particular role? How long has this been set up? Um, I just can't remember the exact date, but we must be about six months into it where we've been doing it. So we've been covering Eddington Raceway and we've had a couple uh, that have raced at other tracks and come back home and they've found injuries. So, yeah, we've, we've been running a wee bit and we've got the first few that have been heading into home. It's outstanding. Obviously, um, you know, being in Canterbury and Addington racing four times a week, I'd imagine as much as we're trying to keep the injuries to, to an absolute minimum, that um, you're going to be quite busy. Yeah, we have been busy. We haven't been helped. We've had a few long stay dogs, uh, one of my own. Uh, he damaged his leg and then he didn't help himself where he 
chewed his leg back up once he got the bandaging all back off. So we've been a bit busier just with having a few of the long-term residents sticking around as well. Sure. Have you had to um, adapt your property uh, in any way to, to be able to accommodate this? Yeah, so we redid our whole front lawn. We've created two sections, one for our own retired and rehoming dogs and another big section that we put in for all the rehab dogs. We built some very large kennels and all in a shed and we put some undercover empty out yards down with turf so that if we're ever having rain or anything like that, we can keep the dogs completely dry and keep all the bandaging dry. Outstanding. And um, look, in terms of the dogs that come to you, are there any that have um, made a sufficient recovery where you think, well, actually, they could potentially race again, or is it purely no, these dogs have to be rehomed? We've had some quite extreme ones that have covered with us so far. Um, certainly none that I'd be putting back on the track. Uh, but, yeah, I can definitely see that there'd be some that could. Unfortunately, with the way the program is running, is that it is a retired dog program so once the dogs have had the injury they are then retired for rehoming um yeah the, there's been huge huge advances with the orthopedic surgery so now what was once considered a fatal injury can be repaired quite easily which is obviously great news but um clearly you have to handle them very carefully to uh, to get them back into a position where they can even be rehomed yeah, there's been a wee bit of a learned experience for a few for us. Um, some of the injuries we didn't have any previous experience with and some that we did. So it's just a matter of working things out and getting wee systems in with each dog and, yeah, learning how to deal with each, individu uh, each individual dog and individual injury. And do you get sort of um, veterinary support and advice there, Ashley? Yeah, so the way we're working with the system, it's running in four locations through the country so far. And the trainers have the choice themselves of whether they would like to rehabilitate the dog themselves at home or if they either don't have the time or the facilities or the knowledge, they can pass the dogs over to the kennel bases where we take them on and we sort all of the vet, vet appointments and the surgeries. And, yeah, we work with the vets up until they're ready for rehoming. And in terms of the rehoming process, is that something that you do yourself or that the, um, the various agencies help you with? We've done a bit of a bit of a mix so far. Depending on how busy the rehoming programs are at the time, we may hold the dog if we have the space, and we'll do the rehoming out of our own kennels. But so far, it's been a wee bit of a mix of two. And I imagine, Ashley, that um, I'm obviously, you know, we're never quite sure when injuries are going to occur. That's the whole nature of it, and we try and keep our, our tracks and as race and and our racing. Uh, as clean and as injury-free as possible. But uh, obviously you probably have to respond at quite short notice um, to take a dog in. Yeah, thankfully we do attend most race meetings at Addington. There's been the odd one we haven't, but we normally have someone either on call at home or someone at the track that can cater for the dog at the races, whether we can collect from that trainer or head back in at a, at a, a later point in the day when we have some time. So, Ashley, how important is this side of it to you? Obviously, you've been a very successful trainer over um, a period of time now and, um, and have, have a large racing team in. How important is this new rehab to rehome part of it for you? It's something I'm quite passionate in. Um, we've, we've done all the rehab for a lot of our own dogs that have had injuries in the past. And I think it's important, especially for the future of Greyhound Racing, that people do get behind it. 
and start to realise that what was once considered a fatal injury, like a severe break, a severe break to the hock, can now quite easily be repaired. And it's only a couple of months before the dogs are ready for rehoming. So, yeah, it's something I'm definitely quite passionate about, getting some of these dogs in and just showing that, look, it can be done. It's not that difficult. And there is a future for rehoming for them. And even in the case of some of the amputees, we've had a couple and I've got my own amputee and so does Andy. So it's just a matter of opening people's eyes up to see that there is other options for these dogs. Ashley, if... Somebody's coming in from the outside, wants to get into greyhound racing, even if it's just purely as an owner, not training or anything like that. Do you see now that the emphasis must be on the whole of life for greyhound, that if you're going to become in, come in as an, an owner for a greyhound, that you have to uh, take responsibility for what happens to that greyhound for the whole of its life? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think in the past it's been... I own the dog while it's racing and then at the end of its career I'm, I'm just dismissing it and I think now owners and trainers are having to take a bit more responsibility and accountability for the dogs that they do have. And obviously having this opportunity for them to, uh, to have these dogs rehomed if they can't do it themselves is, is, a, is a huge step forward. Yeah, definitely. The rehoming programs have been doing great and the numbers that they've been taking in and rehoming is it's just getting so much bigger and you can walk down the street now and just see greyhounds in homes everywhere. So it is, it's definitely opening up and there's so many new owners uh, in, in terms of looking, for adopt, to, looking to adopt a greyhound that it's just going to make sense for everyone to be rehoming all their greyhounds. And Ashley, how close do you work with Greyhound Racing New Zealand in this particular role? Yeah, this is a very close role working with them, making decisions on what surgeries and where we proceed with each dog. It's, it, it's in the pilot program at the moment still, so there's a lot of discussions and reviews on the way it's working. But it is a, it's a great step forward for the industry. Andy McCook, as I bring you in, I, I feel confident that we have people like Ashley Bradshaw involved in this particular aspect of, of the greyhound racing life cycle, then uh, it's certainly for the betterment of the sport. Yeah, it's really good, Rosso. It's uh, it's huge, and uh, you know we're, we're lucky to have people like Ashley and the team out there uh, doing incredible things, and and just you know making sure that we're putting the the animal first and, and getting them into uh, the situations where they can be rehomed, which is what we need to be doing to, to continue to race with our social license. So, uh, Rosso, it's it's very good. It's uh, super, and uh, yeah, the, the more we can do in terms of animal welfare, the better it is for the entire code. I know uh, Ashley obviously mentioned a, a dog you've got there as a, an amputee who I, I have met, um, but also uh, other retired greyhounds out there at the um, McCook Kennels. So um, how, how many do you tend to, to, to rehome or retire at your place? Uh, we always sort of have, you know, four or five or six uh, floating around the kennels and, uh, and inside waiting for their turn at Gap or, uh, you know, some of them stay a little bit longer and, and, uh, and end up sort of uh, having a, a few months here, the, the ones that we fall in love with, which is most of them, but the odd one just tickles the heart. But, uh, you know, we got Richie. He was a, a pup who his mum jumped on when he was about two and a half months old and unfortunately his, uh, his leg was uh, badly broken and uh, not able to be mended, so we had to get that chopped off. And uh, now he lives the, the life of luxury inside on the couch with our little pet puff and uh, she's a little Jack Russell cross thing and they love burling around the backyard and you wouldn't even know Richie uh, has ever had four legs or should have four legs because he gets around on three just fine. And the, um, 
Do you find that uh, any new owners coming to the kennel now have an understanding or do they need to be told that you know, greyhounds have a life beyond racing and that they need to think about their responsibility towards that? I think most owners these days kind of realise that, uh, you know, we're, we're past those days of, of uh, you know, life after racing being very short. And these days it's, it's a case of, like I said, animal welfare coming first and trying to keep our social licence to race. So the majority of people we get uh, know what their responsibilities are, if you will, uh, post-racing, the ones that don't quickly get told and, uh, they, you know, we, we make, uh, or, you know, anyone that comes into our kennels or Janine's kennel gets made aware of what happens after they uh, finish racing and anyone who doesn't want to borrow that gets told where the door is. So it's just a case of, uh, of what we have to do moving forward and it's, uh, it's the best thing for the, uh, the industry and the best thing for the dog. Well, Ashley, uh, look, thanks for your insight into this this morning. It's been most helpful, and uh, look, all the best at uh, Ascot Park today. Hopefully your first winner is only about 15 minutes away. Well, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. That's uh, Ashley Bradshaw. Uh, Damien, about her team today, obviously, and also about the Rehabilitation to Rehoming program, which is uh, a terrific initiative from Greyhound Racing New Zealand and those involved in the industry who have got behind that to make it work. Absolutely, it does. Ram home the point about welfare for greyhounds, both in the midst of racing and also post-racing. So a sensational initiative, the Rehab to Rehome program there. We'll take a break. On the other side, Andy and Rosso will take us through their tips for some of the greyhound racing meetings over the coming days in New Zealand. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds, the first perform. Here's the news. On this Sunday morning on SEN track for New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for form. And speaking of form, a chance now for the punters out there to get their pens out because we've got our two learned broadcasters slash commentators, Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook, who have done the form for the coming days. And let's see if we can find a few winners, Rosso. Uh, yes, let's indeed uh, hope so. I'm afraid I haven't got an $8 winner like, uh, or $7 winner like... Uh, Emma Potts threw us out last week, but nonetheless, a couple to follow tomorrow at Palmerston North. Andy McCook, I'll bring you in here, though. Uh, obviously, around your region, um, there's always a number of races. We've got 12 down at Ascot Park in Bacargill today. They race midweek as well. The usual four meetings at Christchurch during the week. And, goodness me, because you seem to know about greyhounds all around the country, you're actually uh, commentating the meeting out at Monaco today, Auckland Greyhound Racing Club. So, um, wow, dip into your goodie bag, mate. Where are you taking us? I thought I'd just focus in on today and just try and build a, a pool for listeners uh, for the week ahead, Rosso, and uh, hopefully then they've got something to lunge into yours tomorrow. So uh, obviously calling today at Auckland, so I uh, have been able to uh, to dive into the form there. Uh, race two, dog four, Mirko. I think he's going to take a stack of beating. He's uh, got uh, a lot of room to uh, play inside of him. He's gone up $3 here in New Zealand. He's got a spare box inside him and go-ahead caller inside of that who's usually slow away. There has been some money for the Rob Roper charge in big time Felix and we'll have him on the show a little bit later on but I think uh, Mirko can go pretty close to winning. Uh, turn the page one, race three, dog one, Opawa slick. He draws to get a beautiful run into the first corner. Kennel mate zipping locket hard to beat but uh, from the inside I think he'll get a, a beautiful run and can go very close. Then a couple on the edge way play Opawa Trump. He goes around at $10 in race six. He comes up with box one, another greyhound who draws to get a beautiful run into the first quarter. And uh, in the last, race number nine on the program, uh, a greyhound who you'd know pretty well, Rosso's big time jewel. She comes up with box one and I know the inside's not really ideal for her, but she's uh, been going a little bit better than the form line would suggest. She's $12. I think she's worth a little bit of an each way play as well. And 
Ross, I don't want to put the kiss of death on them too much, but uh, I thought the Ashley Bradshaw charges, uh, Yoshi Moon and Monty Madhammer would both be winning down south. Uh, both short on their $2 apiece. Monty's two fifty into $2, but I'd be very surprised if either of those got beat. Indeed, uh, and uh, when you're around $2, Andy, that's uh, quite nice for, uh, for multis. And uh, of course, Ashley was very keen on Upstart Crow coming off the ballot today at $4.20, so we might want to include that as well, do you think? Yeah, he looks a big, big winning chance, uh, Upstart Crow. He's a very nice dog. He's a dog uh, I've had a little bit to do with, actually. Janine and I broke him in, and uh, he's a, a very fast animal, Upstart Crow, when he gets it right. And good to hear that uh, Ashley's keen on him. He comes into today fresh, and if the right version of him's uh, on the track today, he'll be very hard to beat. He's a, a greyhound who's one up your neck of the woods, uh, Rosso, in very uh, nice fashion over the 457 there at uh, Manawatu. So certainly the one bend uh, track suits his style. And that's race three, number nine, goes into box five. Upstart Crow for Ashley Bradshaw. Uh, she thought her best, and at $4.20, low as Andy said, dogs like Monty Madhammer at $2, Yoshi Moon $2. Also look very good chances today for the Bradshaw team down there, so a few to uh, poke into your multis. Uh, I'm calling Palmerston North Greyhounds tomorrow afternoon, and um, look, <laughs> at the moment we've got a whole... Uh, swathe of, of new young greyhounds uh, that have been qualifying uh, there on the track at the Manawatu Raceway and, and consequently we're getting a large number of maiden races on our cards and they're not the easiest to work out but these greyhounds, some of them are going to be the stars of the future so I certainly thoroughly enjoy uh, calling the races even if it is a bit tricky trying to sort out uh, the ones who will take to the eight dog racing immediately. Um, a dog who's had a couple of races and was very good on debut getting run down after leading and in a, on the second occasion actually jumped last but managed to get back into the race and run third is Big Time Eddie. Tomorrow it's race six, number four. Uh, Big Time Eddie, a son of Big Time Petty, who is a, uh, a star of New Zealand Greyhound Racing uh, a few seasons back, won $220,000 and... He's uh, thrown a couple of winners already. Eddie, I thought, was going to be the first winner by Big Time Paddy, but he got gunned down by a dog called Rock On Annie. Now, I'm going to tip her out tomorrow as well. Race 8, Dog 6, Rock On Annie. She's got a big motor. Um, she got home to win mowing past Big Time Eddie, uh, her maiden, and then came up against a, uh, a fast dog in Class 1 company called Allegro Mars. Rock On Annie ran a very good second. Uh, to her. So race eight, number six, rock on any tomorrow. And a dog to just to, to look out for, going to be very short tomorrow, race 10, dog two, big time joy. Uh, she's won her first two races. She's not electric off the lids, this greyhound, but her run home times are outstanding. She's um, out of Kissing Gwyneth, a, a champion brood bitch, and um, it's another nice litter coming along by Blazing Bomber, and, and Joy is leading the charge out of that litter. She'll be very short. Race 10, number two, big time Joy, a quadianka for later tomorrow. As always, Andy, uh, not short of opportunity. The great thing about today in terms of uh, first bet, as we like to promote across in Australia with New Zealand Greyhound Racing starting quite early, well, that's certainly today because the first at Southland's only about seven or eight minutes away. Yeah, and well, was getting involved in there as well, Rosso, uh, little nosy favourite, 250. Uh, just looks a race in uh, two, to be honest, between Homebush Lear and little nosy Homebush Lear. A 16-start maiden with just the one minor placing, but uh, the rest of the field uh, in a very similar vein. And from the inside draw, she should get nice and handy. Maybe the only other one, a chance snippet, Jewel, who's uh, now trained locally by Maddie Hamilton, uh, formerly with uh, Craig Roberts there. She's a 20-start maiden, but with a little bit of uh, track knowledge, snippet, Jewel now trained locally might be some sort of chance as well.
And I just see Justin Evans, who's calling down there at Invercargill, has made Little Nosy his best bet of the day, race one number three at $2.50. And you've got five minutes to get on there for your first bet today. Damien, the Monaco meeting, uh, Auckland Greyhound Racing Club that Andy McCook's going to call for us today. It starts a fraction later at uh, 1.15 our time, 11.15 yours. After the break, all going well, we'll catch up with Robert Roper. Quite tough for the trainers up there today, just given that our show is kind of in the middle of their kenneling. Yeah. But Rob said he'll make it work, so we'll try and get Robert after the break. That's right, he'll be training half a dozen at the Auckland meeting today. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for four. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds, first performed. Yes, it is another edition of Kiwi Chasing. Damien Watson joined across the Tasman by Mark Rosadowski and Andy McCook for New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for form. And Rosso, our next guest, it's fair to say we've pulled him away from kettling duties ahead of a busy day. So it's a real privilege for him to talk to us and give us a bit of an insight. Yes, indeed, Damien. You uh, speak of Robert Roper, and we thoroughly appreciate Robert taking the, uh, the the time to have a chat with us at this time. First race is 1.15 New Zealand time this afternoon, 11.15 across in Melbourne. Uh, Robert, very good morning to you. It's the first time we've had you on uh, Kiwi Chasing, so I guess I have to ask you the same question I've asked other Auckland trainers. Um, look, how did you manage to get through during the lockdown period and no racing at Monaco for uh, many, many weeks? Well, I suppose it's not as bad as the other fellas, Mark, because as you know, I work as well, so monetary-wise, it, it wasn't a burden. Um, yeah, you have to feel for the guys that had to get through. Um, they got subsidies, which was really good from the NZGRA, so that would have helped. But like I say, yeah, it didn't impact on me as much as the others, you think. How did the dogs get through, though, uh, Robert? Obviously, you've got to keep, keep working them and, and, and trying to keep a lid on them because they're pretty keen to race. Well, they did get away on me, to be fair, mate. I got a bit slack with weighing them at one stage, and especially big-time Felix, and I've had a hell of a job getting the weight back off them. Um, but I've got a galloping paddock at home and a walker and that, and it sort of kept to the mark. And then we got them back. We were able to trial and just give them a few hand flips, and they come to hand pretty quickly, mate. And um, look, now that you are back racing, obviously that's fabulous for, for the, uh, the group of trainers that are able to uh, put together, well, it's been nine races over the last few weeks. And the uh, double vax, double stakes must be helping you too. Oh, it's been unbelievable. Like I had one guy say to me, obviously, pays the training fees last week. And he, he obviously had to fork out a fair bit over the, uh, the lockdown, but he said with these double delta stakes, he's been after a two-fall at loss, you know, so it's really good. Yeah, certainly a great initiative from GRNZ, the uh, double backs, double stakes through the month of November, Monaco, uh, also some meetings at Cambridge and, um, and also down here at Manawatu as well. Robert, I'm going to hand you over to Andy McCook. Andy, uh, you're doing the calling out of uh, Monaco today, so I'm sure you've got uh, some interest in, uh, in Robert's greyhounds. Yeah, he's in the end. Uh, he's got a few chances on the program. It looks and a couple at nice odds as well. Robert, good morning to you. It's uh, Andy McCook here. We'll start off with uh, race number two. Uh, yeah, morning to you, mate. Uh, big time Felix goes around. And he's the greyhound you just mentioned that you had to get back on top of. And uh, you certainly did that last week. Gee, he was impressive. Yeah, he was good, mate. He, he has got a motor. And as we've seen, he does he does like to get to the rail. But I, I think he's had 11 starts around Manukau. And that was... He's never drawn inside three, so there hasn't been a lot of luck there, but luckily he was able to jump away last week and probably aided by the one and two went fast and destroyed. And um, 
once he gets on that rail, he can bring it home. And as you saw last week, he was good, you know. Yeah, he certainly was. Uh, you've got three going around in race number five. Uh, and uh, we'll start off with How's the Enemy. He's uh, had one start back from the lockdown. And to be fair, it says he ran seventh, but he was a little bit luckless. He was, mate, but his own worst enemy. He's just, he's just hopeless out of the boxes. He just drops out, mate, and we've never been able to turn that around. And as you see, he's got a little bit of a motor, but he's got to, he's got to get through on that first turn. You're just playing for luck. As we know, you can't miss away like that and win too many sprints, mate. Blackbridge going around as a $15 chance, and uh, his last couple of starts have been OK as well. Yeah, they've been good. She's been jumping as she can do, but she's just desperate for the rail. She's going to have to come away today and ping on to that rail. If she doesn't, well, she's no hope, to be honest, but she's just, she just wants the rail real bad. Nice uh, youngster you've got in the kennels is Buckland Boy, and uh, just the four starts, two wins. He's going around now as a $2.70 favourite. There's been a little bit of money for him, and uh, from what we've seen so far, he looks pretty hard to beat today. Yeah, he'd be the best of the three for sure, mate. He, um, he didn't break in sensational, I wouldn't think, but probably... The lockdown's probably been his friend because he's such a big dog, like he's 35, 35 and a half kilos. And so that little bit of maturing time has certainly helped him. And um, he's probably surprised me a little bit the way he's gone, to be fair. But he's, he's a lovely athletic dog and he's got a lovely nature. So where his bottom is, I don't know, but we'll find out at some stage, mate. Race number six, you've got React Respond going around over the 527 metres. And again, $11, but uh, the recent form solid enough. Yeah, well, I've lost a bit a month with her, mate. She got scratched on the table out here a month ago, which I'm still quilty on, but we have to build a bridge and get over it, you know. But um, So I can't really tell you where she's at. She's had a hand slip over the sprints, but she went all right. Um, I posted a poster on Wednesday here, but the timer didn't work, so that was disappointing. But um, she's in a fresh state, but she's a strong bitch, you know, so she'll, she'll definitely take improvements on the run. And in race number seven, you've got the last start winner going around in Allegro, Rory. He comes up against uh, the sprinting powerhouse of the north and wheels on fire. But, uh, gee, he's got a little bit of a motor when he gets the jump, right? Well, you'd have to be stupid to tip against wheels on fire the way he's going, eh? But um, I tell you what, if Rory did, comes out like he did last week, wheels on fire will know he's in a race. Yeah, he'll certainly know he's there. He, he clocked an 18.42 last week, and that was from a, a wide draw as well. Slots into the one, which uh, probably suits his style. That was a hand time, by the way. <laughs> it was hand time. So uh, I know for sure he went quicker than that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty confident, mate, if he comes away like he did last week, like I say, if he holds up, if wheels on fire crosses him, he's in big trouble. But if he holds up that last sectional, yeah, It'll be interesting. Of the uh, half a dozen you've got going around, Rob, but who would you suggest is your uh, your best chance? Big time, Felix. It was a pretty uh, decisive answer there, Rosso. Big time, Felix. He's uh, 350 into 330 now with the New Zealand TAB. Comes up with box number one, and if he repeats last week, he won't be far away. Well, told yes, a couple indeed. Of hey, uh, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good old Robert. Hey, thanks for that. We really appreciate you taking the time, especially in the middle of kenneling. Good luck this afternoon. No, that's all right. Pete's on the job, mate. He's on a big alley rate too. <laughs> <laughs> good on you, Robert. We'll catch up with you soon. All going well. Thanks, guys. See you. Bye.
Now, Andy McCook, so I'm coming to you. We've got Robert Roper, who is very confident with Big Time Felix in race two. You were very confident with uh, number four, Mirko. So we're looking at Quinellas, we're looking at exactors, right? I think we've got to look at the Quinella option there. Uh, I certainly want to see Mirko uh, getting in front of Felix early. If he doesn't, he's probably in a spot of bother. But uh, both fast dogs, 18.57, Mirko 18.62 uh, the other day, big time Felix and his personal best. So there's very, very little between them. But, Rosa, what I would say is the listeners, if they tuned into race one out of Ascot Park, they've started the day off very well. Little nosy winning for Ashley Bradshaw. So we didn't put the mocker on her and Homebush Leah ran into second for a three. $50 Quinella, so it's a good start. Okay, nice. Now, good to get get up and running uh, early here, uh, Andy. That's uh, that's really good news, and we hope that uh, Ashley can salute with a few more. As she said, uh, she needs a couple of winners to cover uh, the trip down there. And um, Andy, she was talking about it for her partner, Peter. It's you know nine-hour journey. Look, I've actually done it a few times myself when I was a lot younger. I don't know how I'd handle it now, but uh, it's a trip you're very familiar with as well. And you really don't want to be coming home with no winners, do you? You're a spring chicken, Rosso. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, no, it's a long drive. The worst I've ever done, 16 in down there, and I came home with a third. And what I'd say is that eight-hour drive to my place, it felt like about four days. <laughs> well, well, my best story is uh, is travelling a team from Canterbury, uh, a team of Craig Roberts's greyhounds. I was away for nine days, uh, took the dogs up around the North Island. We ended up at Monaco, so we went to the furthest track we possibly could. We, we stopped it at a few places on the way, and the only dog that ran in the money was the last one that went around at Monaco. It ran third. And back in those days, they paid out. They wrote your checks at the end of the day. And when I got back to uh, to, to Christchurch after after ten days away, Andy, I, I went to find the check to give it to Craigo, and I'd lost it. How do you lose the one check? How do you even do that? <laughs> I'll tell you what. It wasn't the only check we got on, on the trip. Uh, I think our dogs were checked about 50 times and we had a couple of dogs there that were double nominated and uh, unfortunately they pulled up with injuries after uh, after the first start on the way up so uh, so I was rehabilitating those as well had to borrow uh, a couple of uh, a couple of machines to get them right so I spent spent most of my waking hours just uh, rehabilitating greyhounds uh, rather than getting them ready to race yeah, that's a fun time. I, I took 14 to uh, Palmerston North once, Rosso, and uh, they're all little tiny railers, and the uh, irrigation system got left on there the, the, the night before, so the rail wasn't the place to be. It's safe to say my little 24-kilo whippets, they didn't really get through it that well, and I drove home with nothing. <laughs> well, the beauty about having you on the show, Andy, is that you um, understand all of the uh, trials, tribulations, the uh, very big highs in greyhound racing, but also the lows that you can suffer. And uh, therefore, you can very easily salute all these trainers and, uh, and enjoy their successes because we know that they earn them. Yeah, certainly do. It's a, it's a, a heck of a job, especially down here in the south. And I know us Cantabrians say this a lot, but we've got one track on our back doorstep, and then we are we are eight or nine hours to our next closest track. And we want to give the dogs a little bit of a change. It is a heck of a trip and a lot of expense to get down there. So uh, she is a, a fairly decent mission. But uh, good to see Rosso that uh, Invercargill having a, a premier meeting next month on the twentieth. Of course, it uh, holds the the Group Two Far South Challenge as well as the Group Two Galway Cup over the uh, seven hundred metres. But a premier meeting down there, which is uh, good for the locals and uh, good for all the uh, travellers that make their way down to Invercargill on a weekly basis.
Uh, certainly is, Andy. Hey, thanks for your input today. Look forward to your calls out of Monaco today for the Auckland Greyhound Racing Club. And, uh, Damien, as we come back to you, we've got a premier meeting coming up soon at Palmerston North as well, which is something new. And uh, that's something that Greyhound Racing New Zealand have put on because of the uh, missed opportunities, a couple of premier meetings that we've missed at Hattrick. We'll have heats next week for that premier meeting, so we'll be chatting about the outcome of those and looking forward to the finals, which are on December the 3rd. But that is another Kiwi chase. And, Damien, uh, Pleasure again to join you this morning, and we'll be back in seven days' time. Sounds like a cat in the background as well, uh, which is quite ironic for a greyhound racing show. That's another edition of Kiwi Chasing wrapped up for another week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Mm -hmm.